the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. Uh, before the Palace versus Liverpool game, and I'm pleased to be joined here by Anna's Hell. Is that right? Yeah, it's, sounds, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's, it's just perfect. And he is a uh, Crystal Palace fan from, from Denmark. Um, Anna, tell us a bit about you and, and, and why you support Palace. Obviously, because you're you live in Copenhagen. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, what what, what are you doing here, and, and, and why have you got an interest in Palace? Um, my dad has been a pet. I'm just moving the mic. You can get. Uh, my dad has been a Palace fan since 1972. Right the Palace was shown on Danish television. We played against the Man United mm-hmm. and the Palace won 5 0. And then my dad thought, Jesus Christ, who will go? Those guys. <laughs> and then he has like, supported them ever since. So you, so you just watched the games with him on TV? Yeah. yeah. To, to be honest, that was like maybe more lucky one game of the season on Danish television. But I have listened to uh, uh, BBC Radio with him when I was a kid yeah. and then later uh, when they became uh, in the we have uh, in the premiership with Wooden uh, Lombardo yes uh, yeah, 97 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then then it was on Danish uh, television again and then uh, that was when it uh, started for me I, I didn't understand it to be honest yeah. when I was a kid because who wants to see uh, a team lose like every second yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah welcome to my world yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so but, but uh, ever since uh, Lombardo and Thomas Brolin yeah, yeah. and uh, Stefan Iversen, yes, uh, the Norwegian yes, guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. ever since they played in Palace, I have been a fan. I'm trying to think who else sort of Scandinavian Palace players were there. there was, wasn't Jonas Kolka, wasn't he? Yeah, we uh, had uh, Brede Hangeland when we moved up in yeah, Premiership, yeah. the Norwegian guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, not that many. Uh, Johnny Parr? Johnny yeah, Johnny Parr, Parr. Yeah, yeah, he was there when I started as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually now have a Norwegian friend uh, who is a big Palace fan. Oh, right. uh, uh, Jonathan Parr plays in uh, what is called Vi- not Viking, but uh, oh, sorry, I cannot. That's uh, fine. We, we, we yeah, can find yeah, that later like, and put it in the notes. But yeah, yeah. that's cool. Okay, so but we were talking earlier. So there's actually a group of you that come yeah. over here. So there's you organise a group for sort of Danish fans to come yeah, over yeah. and watch Chris Palace. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm hired from the Danish travelling agency to take a Danish uh, Palace fan or maybe to be honest, uh, uh, football fans yes. to London to watch football and. Be, because of Palace has like a very good uh, reputation in Denmark yeah. against the atmosphere, so people want to go to London because it's cheap and it's easy. And then uh, I'm hired to go t- between five to eight times a season yeah. to go to Sills Park to take Danish tourists to watch Palace play. Brilliant. So that's like that's like uh, my job. It's, 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 it's a good job. So I mean, so talk us about the games that you've seen this season. How, how, many, how many times have you been to Sills? Uh, I saw the Norwich game, the City game, and now Liverpool, okay. and then I have Arsenal in uh, January. Uh, Newcastle in February, Norwich in March, uh, Chelsea in April, and Man United in May. Right. So like eight game a season from a guy who's live in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty. That's, that's pretty <laughs> and good everything is paid, so yeah, I well, don't complain. Well, that's nice. Isn't it? I mean, you can you can have a beer like we're having now and, and sort of enjoy yourself. Yeah, yeah. Although, although staying in Luton isn't the best. I'm a is pro. It, so. I'm a pro Palace fan. Good man. Good man. Good man. Now it's something we like to hear. Um, so you've how many of you brought over today? Uh, uh, today we're seven. seven. We should have been eight. My dad should have joined us, right. but he's sick. Oh, okay. So the doctor has. Uh, said that he could not go to no 
Yes, I, I don't know the English word. We had. He's coughing and it's like. Uh, oh, like a chest infection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, he couldn't join sadly. Oh, okay. So, uh, but he hopes to come later in the season when he's feeling better. Yeah, uh, he's here again. I think against uh, maybe uh, Newcastle and right. Chelsea and maybe United game as well. Oh, cool. Excellent. Normally, uh, it started when I go to Sellers Park with my dad, and mm-hmm. then when I was here for like five or six times in a row, when my dad was like. I have to do something. I have to invite someone, yeah. and and then I have like a lot of uh, Twitter followers, and yes. then I just uh, invited a lot of Danish uh, Twitter followers to go to London, and then I take care of everything, and people just pay me. Fantastic! Yeah, so uh, Sounds... that, that's how it started, and then the guy who has the traveling agency, he discovered me, and then said, "Okay, do you want to uh, be like a pro tra- traveling uh, guide mm. instead of uh, you just do it for fun?" Mm. So. Tell us a bit about the first Palace game you saw live then at Sellers Park. When, when was that? Uh, that was uh, a Millwall game. I think it was like in 2004, I think. Right, okay. Uh, Do you remember the score? I think it was 2-1. I'm not sure. To uh, Millwall? I, I was... I, I was... On that time, it was like I was when Dad was first time was here. And, right. and yeah, I was... I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't paying so much attention at that time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been like growing ever since. Yeah. But, it was in the in the championship, yeah. and so, then the first the Premiership game was uh, the Aston Villa game. Uh, right. The season we went up yes. when we had the uh, Pulis, yeah. and then we make uh, when Pulis said we have to make thirty-seven points, mm-hmm. and that was the game we made thirty-seven points. Punching score, didn't they? I think. I, I think. think, that I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember that one well. So tell us a bit about the differences that, in your in your view, the main difference between sort of Danish football and English football. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time in Espia and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm watching Espia and you know, I enjoy having a few beers and and, and hot dogs and things like that. Yeah. So, but obviously, in England, you know, you can't drink within sight of the pitch. And the food isn't as good so but what, what do you think the main differences are apart from the popularity and the number of people obviously that follow it I don't know maybe the atmosphere is like it's more authentic here I think right. it's, okay. it's like this, this smells of football in Denmark it's not like people are just drunk and a lot of people don't care about the game right. people are not like very committed to the game yeah. here you, you can feel that you can feel every time you're here in Croydon, you can, people are so proud about Palace. There's nothing like that in Denmark, nothing like that. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can especially see that in sort of the away fans as well. Obviously, when I've been to Espia a few times, they don't tend to be that many away fans, apart no. from obviously if no. like Bromby come, obviously yeah. I've seen the Vapor Exactly, that was like the only, the only club who's like compared to uh, English football is Brøndby in mm. Denmark. Brøndby has like the most committed fans and if you Google them or watch them on YouTube, they have like the best fans in Denmark, no doubt. I hate them, but they have like the best <laughs> fans. <laughs> it's like my anti-team, it's my anti-team in Denmark. Like Liverpool is my anti-team in the, in the UK. So I'm hoping for a good result today. Yeah. Got a prediction for us? <laughs> I don't know. Is, is, is it going to be Palace going for the win, a draw, or is it going to be damage limitation? I hope we don't concede too many goals. I hope to look stupid after this podcast, but I, I think it was like a typical Roy game, like like an okay result. We we'll play okay. We would like like we we'll, would we'll never get hammered. Mm. I think maybe two 0 to Liverpool. Right. Okay. But, but I hope to be wrong. Yeah, no, it could I, be amazing. I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I, we never get hammered. Roy sits us up. Exactly. In the that we're very hard to beat, and we're sort of exactly. play counter attacking football. I've actually gone for a two-one Palace win, oh. uh, which is very, very optimistic. You could me. be rich if you play on that. I have done. I've done. Yeah, so I'll be rich. I'll, I'll be buying all the beers after the game. <laughs> and so, um, thank you very much for your time, Andrew. And so, no, hopefully, we speak again soon. So, thanks yeah. for your time on the Six Point Podcast. Pleasure. Cheers, mate. Thank you.
Six Pointed Podcast. Uh, immediate reaction for myself, Luke Turrell, and I'm joined by Matthew Turrell to uh, Crystal Palace's 2-1 defeat at home to Liverpool. Um, Matthew, it was a game that had everything, wasn't it? It was pretty entertaining. Really enjoyed it, despite um, coming out um, on the end of a 2-1 defeat. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, controversy in terms of VAR. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I had everything. Um, goals, goals disallowed, chances. Uh, I think Palace has had the point out of that. Yeah. Whether that's a biased view or not, um, sort of watching it back would, would tell. But yeah, I, I thought we, we were really um, competitive considering the, the opposition. Um, had chances both um, in front of goal but also from distance and a couple of really credible ones. Um, I thought Andros Townsend worked his socks off, he considering the world, didn't he? yeah, yeah, considering he's not played for for that length of game he for a long, been, long time. Must have been knackered by the end of it, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, I was surprised he didn't come off yeah. when they brought Schlupp on. I thought he might be the change they made, but yeah, he did really well. Coyote I thought was really good in the middle as well. Um, yeah, I think even even Benteke did well when he came on as well. I, I, I thought it was brilliant, but I mean, you touched on on the first point, which I wanted to to mention. There was obviously the just before half time, Palace scored, or we thought they scored from a, a corner. Um, was it a corner? Or was it a free kick? Where it came over from from the side. Um, and it looked like, I mean, we didn't see it. Obviously, it was right down the other end. It looked like maybe it was given for a push on James McArthur. The ball went over his head and the defender, I think it might have been Alexander Arnold, it came to James Tompkins at the back back post who was just able to to, to tap it in um, with his head. And I, 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 it's difficult to see, obviously, from the replays and, and from you know our, our, our viewpoint in the pitch what actually happened there and whether it was a credible decision given the fact that would he have even got there I, I, I don't know and this because we haven't seen the replays yet but it looked, what, what are your views? Well, it looks like you say like the ball came across and in the sort of trajectory of the of the um well the path of the ball coming across it looked like there was a push yeah which pushed the Liverpool player out who could have you you can argue could have nodded it away so that, that's that, that's all it looks like from what we've seen and yeah. as you say we're at the other end and we we saw it live and then the replays looked like it was a push so do you know what we've had enough go for us this year with VAR so I'm not going to moan about it and if it was a foul it's the right decision it didn't look too controversial in that respect mm. so you just have to kind of suck it up and say yeah you know you can moan about VAR and this and that but it was the right if, if it's the right call it's the right call yeah. um, I just, but just I think what's more positive though about it is the reaction that Palace gave to that so despite that we didn't seem to back off you know, we came out and started the second half really well. We did did really well, didn't we? Not because because that's been a concern of mine is that we've tended to concede goals quite early on in the second half, haven't we? Sort of five ten minutes in and and then heads drop, yeah? yeah, yeah. And 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 like you say, we were really positive. We came out, sort of carried on the momentum that we had from the first half. And one thing I was I was concerned about. I mean, I predicted two one before the game. I was right, but obviously I predicted two one for Palace. Um, was that it was either going to be that or it was going to be you know damage limitation for us? And we didn't seem too far away from them. That that was something I was really impressed with. You know, the the, the best team in the league at the moment, the runaway league lead, leaders. You know, as it is, and we we pretty much stood toe to toe with them, didn't we? Yeah, we matched them in every area. Um, I, I was concerned beforehand that they just would just run over us, just given you know the the sort of the fullbacks they've got and the presence they have going forward, given the sort of front three they have. I know Salah didn't play, but they've got um, they came off the bench, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, but they've got equal players to to you know 
well, not equal, but good enough players to to take their place. Yeah. Um, so I, I was quite concerned. I thought we might. I thought this might be the one in the run that we where we get a, you know a couple of goals or two or three or four goals against us. But you know the way we. Um, the way we did, where we played and, and set ourselves up was was typical Roy, you know, wasn't it? It wasn't just stay in the game; it was be competitive throughout. So, yeah. no complaints there. Just a, just a shame to kind of get the equaliser and then think, right, okay, here we go. You know, they, this could be a good last. What was it? Five, ten minutes. I think it was five minutes before the end. We equalised. Didn't we? Right. I mean, I, I, if I'm honest. I don't even remember their goal. I, don't, I, I can't remember their first goal. I remember the second one, but I can't remember how it came about or what happened. I know Mane had a couple of chances beforehand where he came through, and I was really surprised to see him put it wide. I thought he was uh, playing a little bit off colour today. But, um, yeah, like you say, I mean, we were sort of five minutes to go. Benteke came on and made a real difference, I felt. You know, not just in the air, but also with his feet, which which helped him to, to make, make the, uh, the, the equaliser, didn't it? Yeah, he didn't think when he got the ball out wide there that that was going to turn into a goal. But yeah. he did well, wasn't he? He looked, he looked good in his feet. Um, he had that bicycle kick as well, didn't he? he did that, just you know, before, yeah. If that, I mean, that's that's what you want to go in for him. If that goes in, you know, who knows? Uh, you know what we might then see. It just seems like that's the kind of turnaround he needs. But um, he looks, he looks like he's got confidence, which is yeah. a good thing, doesn't it? I mean, obviously scoring two for Belgium in the week, you know, coming into this game full of confidence. You got to hope that now maybe he potentially gets a start against Watford next week. I can't see it because AU did a good job today. He you did. Know, he, he runs tirelessly. Hustled, bustled. Yeah. He won so much in the air, which, given he's not the biggest, um, you know, is impressive and, and sort of contribute uh, credit to his work rate. And I, I think he contributes a great deal to the team, considering he plays sort of that lone striker role. And um, but I thought Townsend and Zahar sort of either side of him was quite good today. You know. Um, yeah, I can't complain. Cannot complain. I, I just, just a bit gutted, really, that it ended in defeat, defeat, and we didn't get the chance to give it a, a good push in the last few minutes, really. Yeah, there was obviously uh, Liverpool's second goal was a bit of a goalmouth scramble. I think again, other end from us, so I didn't really see what happened. But then obviously the ball was bobbling around, it was loose, and I think it was Firmino who managed to sort of yeah. shoot it over at the end. And then we had a, we had a chance right at the end of Wilfred to high. I think it was in injury time, wasn't it? And it was just similar to what like, like, the, like the one the, the first half um, he, he sort of skied it didn't he and, and, and it was just a bit of a poor effort really from him and, and that's potentially you know where we're talking about Zahar being you know a top player and, and you know big clubs potentially coming in for him it's just that bit of composure which he lacks is probably what separates him from everyone else isn't it I, so, I sort of felt the minute they got the second goal it was 2-1 that was it game over I didn't really think we were going to come back because right. you saw the heads go yeah. you saw the deflation go into them so so, but yeah, come back to battle so hard. The VAR thing, yes or no. You know, end of the day, you know, who cares? It's done now. Mm. If it, as long as it was the right decision, I, I don't. I've got no complaints. Um, you know, that that's it now, isn't it? The, the the terrible run is 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 done. So now onwards and upwards, push on. And you said it's Watford next week. I yeah? think it is. What I'm pretty sure I it's, it's Watford. Burnley, it might but be, but I, might be, no, might be wrong. I might be wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't looked ahead too much. But um, but yeah, I mean, certainly as you say, the the, the run of of. Uh, painful games or what, what sort of tough opponent seems to have come to to an end now he, that, saying that I mean obviously there's no easy games in the Premier League but um, certainly you'd only be playing the likes of Chelsea Man City <laughs> Liverpool if, if you look back on it though like I can't think of I can't think coming away from too many games being that deflated the Leicester one I was gutted about mm. but the, the other the others I'd say fair play you know hands up the Arsenal one was a great comeback and obviously had the VAR thing go for us yeah um, the Man City one, you know, they they were fan. They, this is the funny thing about it, isn't it? If you said who was the best team in the league based on those who've played in that run of five games or so, you would say by far. Well, I would say by far Man, Man City. City. Yeah, yeah, easily Man City. I, I think, and I said that last season as well. I think that they're. 
I mean, whilst Liverpool have got the attractive play and, and you know, and they, they're very good going forward, I think Man City's work rate off the ball separates them from, from others. And maybe it's the fact that, you know, they've not had the rub of the green. And no, don't get me wrong, Liverpool played very well this season. I'm sure they have. But Well, Liverpool are clinical, aren't they? You know, those yeah. chances they had today, I think the first one was a goal match scramble. The second one certainly was. And um, so they, they take their chances. Whereas Man City, I can't think of too many goals that I've seen when they score scrappy ones. They score no. the nice goals, the build up goals, the kind of the spectacular ones. So, yeah. Um, but but yeah, you know, it can't be too gutted considering circumstances. It's just, it's just, um, it's just a shame because they did play so well and were so competitive. I, I do hope that they take a lot of positives out of the run, in respect they haven't been walloped at any point in time, and yeah. you know they competed with with all of them. Um, you know, if you look back on it, the worst game of the season was Tottenham away, and that wasn't even this run. So. No, it wasn't, was it? And that was that was a bit of a blip, anyway, wasn't it? I mean, that doesn't really fit in anywhere in the season you know considering that was smack bang in the middle of a good run that we had yeah. and thank god we did have that good run because obviously i think we're now probably sitting i haven't looked at the table yet but you know mid-table-ish um so yeah i mean we, we can take some positives from it which, which is which is nice um to take from a defeat obviously um but it is disappointing to, to to lose it so later on, especially when you have that that hope of scoring a late goal and hoping to get something out of the game. And I, I think a point would have been fair. Yeah, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen stats, but from reflection on the game, just just immediately, from I think clear cut chances fair. from what we saw. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. All right, we'll wrap it up there then. Uh, thank you very much for your time, um, and we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, I certainly will be because I'm going to Espia versus Arholz. Um So uh, there will have some coverage from the Super League game there, but hopefully we'll be able to cover the um, Palace game as well, even if just just by phone. We'll get you on there, Matthew, um, and we'll, we'll do a bit of coverage of that one as well. So um, thanks for your time and uh, have a good weekend. Not the Palace. Not the Palace. The Six Pointer Podcast. Uh-huh.